No, I'm not interested in adult entertainment. Everything's good. It's all, it's, it's literally all good. Are you going to be all right or what? Yeah, no, I'm great. I, uh, I'm trying really hard to do a thing that I think is important, which is when, when people, I think we need, I, we've talked about this a little bit. I think we need to really focus on getting back to please, thank you, and you're welcome. Not merely out of good manners and etiquette, but because I think we should say the right words for things. Okay. So like if somebody gives you something, you don't say shock-a-bra, you say thank you. Mm-hmm. And then when somebody says thank you, you should really avoid saying no problem or it's all good. Why not? It's, well, all, it's all good. It's all good is 2013 for punch me in the face. I No, I definitely like the it's all good, but what what's wrong with no problem? Or not a problem. No, you say you're welcome like a gentleman, don't you think? Okay, okay, how about this? You say to your waitron, you say, um, for example, could you please bring me more of this sweet cream butter? Mm. And they say, no problem. Um, and then they bring it to you. And you know, the typical one is they go, not a problem. Well, of course it's not a problem. I thanked you. And you, should, you could say, you're welcome. That's, when someone says thank you, all you really need to say is you're welcome. Well, see, now my thing I used to do, because I'm, I'm always sandbagging, is when anybody would pay me a compliment, I would always start shuffling around about like basically trying to disassemble their compliment because I didn't feel it was worthy. But I think that's ungracious. I don't, I'm not going anywhere with this. I also think when someone gives you a gift, you should say thank you. You shouldn't say, like I do with you all the time, I haven't gotten you anything. Although I am working on getting you something. You are. I got you something. I sent it to you yesterday, just yesterday. You don't, you know, thank you, man. You can, you can pile those up. They don't all have to go out in a weekly post. Oh, how long do you want to, uh, how long do you want to wait? Oh, I mean, these are important. Mean. These are important comics. It's something. It's a very important materials. I just want to say shaka bra and then you say not a problem. <laughs> That's no biggie. Oh God. Not a problem. They ain't, do that a lot. Ain't nothing else, but a thing. Mm, boy, no. you have, you've gotten real jivey. I know. Are you listening to a lot of rap and hip-hop music? I mostly listen to this show, uh, this other show that you do now. That's mostly mm. what I'm listening to. It takes Very a long funny. time for me to, to comprehend a full episode. Yes. So it's, it's a lot. Multiple you, listens. Man. Well, uh, uh, preach bra for, for pretending to listen to the show. No, I do. I enjoy it. I really do enjoy it. Yeah, well, I enjoy you pretending. It's, it's you know, Hakuna <clears throat> Matata. <clears throat> I... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I watched The Aviator again yesterday. This is the problem. This is the problem. All it takes really is one mention of something from The Aviator, and I have to sit down and watch it again. Yeah. So I, I think I have a meta compulsion. Did you see wayofthefuture.net? <clears throat> no, I haven't. I'm picking up that throat clearing thing you do now. <clears throat> I, I don't Wait. know why you say it's something I do now. I had a really miserable cold that lasted like two and a half weeks, and yeah. that was enough for you to think that it's some kind of thing. It's never completely gone. Right. You know, it's still there. So not thing. a problem. <clears throat> and if a frog had wings, he wouldn't bump his ass a hopping. Okay, then. Also, watch. I've been watching all the movies, Dan. This is why I'm so tired all the time. I've started watching movies at night, which is a terrible thing to do. Oh, like alone in a in a dark room, maybe like <laughs> watching the same movie over and over again, really, really well, loud. I it's not Ice Station Zebra, no. but I do have a large <laughs> collection of Kleenex boxes that I like to occasionally reconfigure in different ways. Right. And milk is sour. <laughs> <laughs> the, it is funny, though. I, I will it's, say the aviator is a yeah. movie best watched alone and not yes. shared with another person 
Well, it is. It is at the heart of it, a men's movie. <laughs> In the truest phrase, sense, adult, of I love that phrase, adult movie. I mean, they should they should call <laughs> pornos what they are. They should call them teenage boy movies. <laughs> I'm gonna go home and watch some uh, uh, some adult movies. <laughs> no one actually would do, do what I learned to do when I was 12. <laughs> Which is uh, restack my numerous Kleenex boxes. Right. Well, you know who's great in that is that Kate, uh, Kate Blanchett as, um, I think it's how you pronounce it. Uh, she's terrific as uh, Catherine Hepburn. Really is. She's a little, you know, it's a little over the top. She does that kind of Bryn Mawr accent, but she does it very well. Um, so, good week? Big, big week. Huge yeah. week. Yeah. Ooh, you, Ooh. Uh, now you keep, you keep talking about this on your other programs. You, you're getting some kind of new office. Is that accurate? Yeah, we're moving out of this <clears throat> office, which is more or less a shared space. Uh, it's a hovel. It's a hovel. Yeah, it's not It's not suitable. And I spent a year and a half looking for another office, and I think I've found one that will work. You think you found one? I thought you were signing a lease. Well, it's month to month. Month to month. I negotiated that. You you negotiated that? No, no, no commitment for Dan? Mm-mm. You could just walk away anytime. I commit to Dead people. Demand. I am happy to commit to people. I just don't like to commit to leases. I don't think that's accurate. I think you commit for a little while, which is not technically a commitment. Twenty years. Yeah. Who? Who? Which one is that? My wife. Oh. Hmm. Would she agree? Yeah. You gotta ask hmm. her. You've talked to her. Yeah. She's. Um. I like. Her. She's a pistol. She has a beautiful voice. Hmm. Tell, tell her I said hi. I will. Hmm. Um, big week. So that's exciting. Now that's, that's a lot of tumult. We've been through this before. You're in a constant state of tumult with your, cause your, your business is growing and you need new, new places and a place to put your soundboard. And, and that's going to take a bigger <laughs> office with some privacy and people that aren't outside throwing a ball around. And people think a soundboard is a small thing, but it's quite robust. I, I have no idea how you do it or really why. Now, what about the barefoot guy? Is the barefoot guy still there? I think you're thinking of the barefoot Contessa. I think you're thinking of, uh, you know, Humphrey Bogart had very small feet. I don't know if you know that. Nobody, not even the rain, not even small feet. That's small feet. Yeah. I think you're thinking of the Sigourney Weaver. Um, I watched Alien the other night. And can I just say, Alien. Mm. What, a, what an awfully good movie that is. You like that part where she's getting changed at the end, don't you? Oh, you know what? I really, really do. <laughs> I developed, I went straight from my garter belt period into my, like, I want ladies with A cups wearing those kinds of boy underwear, <laughs> at least on top. I, you know, I'm not gender normative, but you know what it is? I said this on the tutor the other night, you know, her with that flamethrower, man, that is, I forgot about the flamethrowers. The flamethrowers are, are really like their own character. Did also, she have uh, one in the first one or, oh yeah, she did. She burned up. Yeah. Yeah, sure. She did. She gets one in no, both. Spoilers. <clears throat> yeah. We also, we need to uh, discuss the bonus situation. Anyway, you know, I've never seen Homicide. Never seen it. Yafet Kodo. Look it up. I haven't, I've never seen Homicide. Can you believe that? It, a David movie Simon's called Homicide? First, it's a Homicide. It's a television program that uh, David Simon did before uh, The Wire. Never seen it. My wife loves it. I've never seen it. Hmm. Put it in my queue. Um, boy, Dan. Dan, we I have sent you hard- some good stuff this week, buddy. A little surprise. You got a great surprise coming to you. You sent me a um, a photograph of something that you're sending me, and I'm very excited. You know, so can we say what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, sure. For those of you who are just uh, starting to tune in, Dan's really into comics. I'm not that into it. <laughs> um, mm. And uh, you sent me uh, the uh, Deadpool number one uh, Scotty Young baby cover, mm-hmm. which my daughter can quote. Oh, wow. <laughs> Screw you. 
Remember that? It's got a little screw in the no. little U. Mm-mm. You didn't even look at it? Nope. Just bought it for you my friend. You don't read that. Nope. Oh, God, you're good to me. Bought you're it so for good my to friend. me. Um, but that's, that's extremely sweet of you. I, I really appreciate that. I like, uh, I like getting comics. Well, these, I also got you the 47 Ronin first two issues. Oh, you're kidding. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to that. And I, then something uh, else for, uh, for your habits. Oh, well, that's what I was going to get you. Mm, it's not that. a habit. Well, it's an affectation, like a hat. <laughs> I just, I just wheeled it around. Look at me, I'm Churchill. If if you do it every, you know, two hours, it's a habit. But yeah, it's called adult entertainment. <laughs> it's called watch, um, watching men's movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, now, honey, you better go. This is this is uh, adult entertainment for men. <laughs> you know, you know what I realized? Beetlejuice is an incredibly, incredibly boring. Boring movie for the most the the first hour and thirty eight minutes. That's uh, almost nothing happens in the whole movie. Really, that, that's uh, it's got that Alec Baldwin we like in it, right? Mm-hmm. And Gina, oh, Gina yeah. Davis, who I know you have a fondness for, not anymore. Not but worth it. No. Well, see, now this is another term where, like, if you watch a movie for your special thing, but it's not even good enough because of your special thing, there should be a name for that in men's entertainment, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, like, like the alien is the opposite of that mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, the underwear is just a spiff. That's an add on, <laughs> but you know, it's really is a genuinely good movie. You know, Harry Dean Stan, he's like, uh, Emmett Walsh. It's like Roger Ebert says, any movie that has Emmett Walsh in it can't be all bad. I'm misquoting that, but Harry, I feel that way about Harry Dean Stan. He's in the Avengers. Did you know that? As who? When, um, when, uh, when Banner wakes up. After his big rampage in a building, Harry Dean Stanton is there. He's like the security guard or something. He is, he is getting very old. He's always been old. He's like Jesse Thorne. I think <laughs> he was he's born in 1926. Older. Really? Yes. Huh. They had birthdays then. That's amazing. Yeah, he's 86 that was, that years was before old. before the crash. Still? 86 years old. God bless him. Hmm. Yeah. Love that guy. Love that guy. He's great in that, uh, with that repo, man. Anyway, um, excuse me. <clears throat> so, um, uh, okay, let's get through this quickly. We have a lot of very important materials. And, and you know, and, and uh, apropos of our subject today, which is compression, you do have, as they say in adult entertainment, a hard out. I really Did I say do. that right? Yeah. That's, that's not what I'm thinking of? Yes. <laughs> okay, so we'll go fast. Um, you know what? I could skip a lot of this. No, I just don't realized, skip anything. Well, this is, a, this is pre- God. Okay, well, no, I don't, wanna, I don't want to compress too much, but I, I just, mm, I'll, I'll put this, I've already put this in show notes and I'll just mention it in passing. As I, I come in and uh, believe it or not, prepare for the show, um, I realize how much I use a couple things a lot, actually these two things a lot that I, I just want to mention. I've mentioned these before, but um, uh, if you check out show notes, Dan, Dan, can I ask you a question? <laughs> yes. Are you okay? Yeah, no, I'm great. You want me to start again? Mm-hmm. Dan, Dan, can I ask you a question? <laughs> yes. You look, are you a little goofy today? No, it's just a, yes, you can ask me a question. Which one am I? You're the fugue <sighs> one. Hmm. The lady doth protest too much. <laughs> Has that cleared hoisted, up or what? Hoisted by his own petard. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to say petard anymore. Um, so when I'm, uh, Dan, Dan, <laughs> if I could ask you... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay. You got a lot of problems. Let's move on. Dan, Dan, if people wanted to find show notes for episode 107 of uh, your back to work program about compression at all, right. uh, where, would they, uh, where would they go for that? For the Roderick one? <sighs> I 
pushed a Tonks right before we uh, came what on. Is, pushed a, what? Uh, are you all right? You need to lay down? I just, I, you just, it's funny today. I don't know why. You're funny. You're yeah. a funny guy. I'm funny. I'm, I'm like a clown. I make you laugh. 5by5.tv slash B is in boys. Two is in the number. W is in women. Tell me. I want to know. I make, I'm a clown. <laughs> Slash 107. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I stepped like Dan, Dan, could you please repeat where people will go to find the show? Now you're getting to me. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just something. Darn you, Bob. What Now, where do people go for show notes, Dan? Find by 5.tv slash B is in boy, 2 is in the number, W is in women slash 107. Anytime so I, I talk like, to, to mm-hmm. a, a, a female listener, they, they always mention this show. They always mention you. I'm guessing that of the two female listeners, there's one that you just repeatedly talk to until she has to get a restraining order. Right. No, I'm not interested in adult entertainment. Um, so here's the thing. Um, what, were we, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. So so I, um, I, I've talked at length in various places about my, uh, I hate that phrase, workflow, but how I, how I do stuff and you know how I really enjoy uh, adopting tools that have pushed us. What? Go ahead. What does push the tonks actually actually I push the tonks. Are you derailing me? We've got a heart out, Dan. Don't no, derail me. What does this me. mean? <sighs> Wait. I know tonks okay. is coffee. Oh. Okay. <laughs> it took me a while. <laughs> You're talking about you, you put my my AeroPress. <laughs> no, I get I it now. It. Now I get it. The second it's my second tonks I pushed today. <laughs> Been having a lot of dairy. I don't mean the one in Ireland. No, I know what you mean. Mm. <laughs> you know what I did? I finally, um, those jackals over at Tonks should, should sponsor this program. They, they, they were on one or like one or two of these, but I finally, uh, after, after much, you know, n- not interesting, but delay, I finally signed up for the Tonks because I, I kept hearing great things. And I, I really enjoyed that interview uh, that Glenn Fleischman did with uh, the, the Tonks people. They, mm. they seem very smart. They're a little business douchey, but they're really, really smart. And it was, it was a great interview. I'll put it in show notes. But uh, yeah, I finally uh, jumped in and I got the subscription and then I supersized my, uh, my first order and, uh, and it arrived. They like, they, they roasted it. It was fresh roasted and uh, they sent it, uh, they dropped it right on my doorstep and boy, is it good. Mm. It's good. You get the, uh, you get the bloom. It's so fresh. It blooms. <laughs> you, ever get a, you ever have a coffee bloom? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? I'm going to give you coffee bloom. You're going to like it so much. You're going to leave here happy. I promise. Hi. Hi. Do you have trouble producing a bloom? <laughs> Never seen a Kramer? Hi. I, I miss him. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> what ha- what's happened to the show? <laughs> what has if happened? It ever, if, it was, if it was ever on the rails, it is officially. Now, Dan, I've got. And you had such a me. great topic. You prepared. I tell you, the shows where you prepared. Yeah, we got a heart out. We got a heart out. It's not, I'm not, it's not prepared. I got to tell just, you. I got I, I to tell you how many lines I got. You know, I was listening. I was listening to the uh, the pipeline. Yeah. The, oh, the pipeline interview again. Yes, that is a good, that's a good it's one. It's so weird because, like, we don't have. You're so, you're so respectful and deferential. Well, you seem to like my work. It's. So sweet. First of all, yes. Yes. At the time, I did. Mm. And Mm. second of all, we, it's so, we've come so far. You think so? Mm Mm-hmm. I think in a a way that doesn't bother me a bit, we continue to iterate on those same topics. And I kind of like that. You get me all mad. (laughs) A lot of people in the chat room. 
That's fine for Merlin was probably the only good thing I've ever said. Oh, God. <sighs> it's true. So, mm. so anyway, compression. But first, I got a few things I want to talk about. Friendo. I said Friendo because, you know, I watched that, uh, watched that No Country for... See, I've been watching movies. Last night, I watched There Will Be Blood, which is like 14 hours long. Oh, what a good what a I'm good. I'm going to learn movie. to start talking like him. Do I'm going to try it right now. Do I can't it. do it right now. I don't know how. Need to see about it. I can't do it. Um... <laughs> You know, you got to watch that movie three times. It, it's a little Lebowski in that way, mm-hmm. where the first time I watched it, can I just say, I did not realize that, that, <laughs> that they were twin brothers. So I, was, I was very confused about... Oh, no, I, no. I, I, know, I, like, I, I think that's a normal response to the movie. I think it takes some time. But do you know, you know what I'm talking about? No, I like, do know the, exactly. The Sunday Brothers? Yes. Like, I, didn't, I didn't get that. And, uh, and, and, you know, because of my lack of hearing now and because I listen to the TV quietly at night, I always turn on subtitles. Um, also, I, I have this weird feeling it helps my daughter get better at reading. I don't know why, but I, I, I leave subtitles on because, you know, it's, it's a way of, you know, reading while you're having men's entertainment. Right. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Okay. Cable guy. Ooh, ooh. Pizza delivery. <laughs> and uh, my, my daughter hasn't seen those films. No. Also, that's not my special thing. That's another episode. Mm-hmm. But, um... But um, what was I saying? Oh, oh, oh! There so I finally blind. saw. So, so he mentions his name is is it uh, is it not Daniel Daniel Plainview and Paul? There's Paul and Eli. Yeah, Paul and Eli. And apparently, See, they I, were supposed to be different actors, and something happened with one of the actors. So the the guy that they had playing Eli said that he would he would just play both roles. That guy's great. So no, he's Paul, really Paul great. Dano, is that his name? Sure. He's terrific. He's terrific. But it's, it's, it's a little bit like uh, there's a guy on House of Cards who looks a lot like Kevin Spacey. And again, because of my, my failing vision, it's very confusing to me. And I have to ask my wife who people are. It's kind of like when you go out and you have to ask, ask the waitress to repeat the salad dressings. That, that's where I am at this point. Mm. So anyway, what I do is, um, you know, I do a lot of stuff in text files. And in particular, um, when I'm on my Mac, I spend as, when I have to deal with text, I spend as much time as possible in NVAlt, which is an app that... Uh, was made by Brett Terpstra. Oh, I love him. And um, but Brett, in addition to being a major contributor on MVL, also has these great tools you can get, including one uh, something I like a lot called the Markdown Service Tools. Mm. Um, there's a link in show notes to that. And Markdown Service Tools are where he's written a whole bunch of little uh, automator workflows. And I want to say, uh, I'm not sure what the language is, but anyway, you put the, you drop these into a services folder. And I, I have a common folder on my Dropbox called scripts where some people will do like a slash bin or whatever. I throw everything into that folder so it's shared on all my machines. And in this case, it does stuff, great stuff like you can do markdown bold, markdown links, all kinds of stuff. If you use markdown on a Mac, I would really recommend looking at uh, uh, Brett's uh, markdown service tools. One thing I want to mention in particular today, when I'm getting the show notes together, I'm getting the sponsor stuff together, um, you know what I mean, just kind of collating it all into this one text file. I find myself using a couple of key commands a lot that I think would be really valuable for people to know. One of the Markdown service tools is called Autolink Web Search. And so you type something in your, in your text file, and if you're a Markdown fan like me, you just select that text. Like I could say, you know, Dan Benjamin, and select that text. I hit a key command, in my case, that I've attached to it with Services Manager. Um, hit a key command, and it gives you the first Google link for it. Which, you know, again, it's Google. A surprising amount of time, it's really what you wanted or it's close enough. Like if I search for a back to work episode, it'll give me the back to work top page and then I just add like slash five or whatever to Mm -hmm. it. But think about that. You type something, you select it, 
and you hit, in my, what did I do? I think I did control option command L and it turns that into a markdown link. So it puts the, the text in brackets and then inside of parentheses right after it, it adds the link. Um, and, you know, once you know about that and start using it, it, it's amazing how often you will use that if you do the kind of thing I do. So that's, that's the service tools. Yes, there's another thing that's, that's way more tricked out <clears throat> and even nerdier, which is called SearchLink, again, in show notes. And search, SearchLink is this thing where he's come up with this little, I don't know what you call it, a little meta language, where if you type something in brackets, that is the anchor text, then in the parentheses after that in Markdown, you can type in like these little commands, like I think like uh, pound, or um, exclamation mark G and then a string, something like that. We'll do a Google search based on that. So you can prepare all your stuff and just type, 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 and then run that service on everything in your document, uh, like in your... That's um, really cool. It's really cool. And I mean, I don't use that one nearly as much because I didn't feel like memorizing all of those. But those two are, are just really, really great time savers. And if you do a certain kind of thing over and over, uh, there's probably a way to automate it. Again, this is for Markdown nerds. I know some people aren't into the Markdown. You can't be helped. And then finally, <clears throat> the one that I've mentioned before that I use constantly is, because uh, I'm on Chrome, I use this terrific Chrome extension called Template that I've mentioned before. And uh, it's at uh, neocotic.com, N-E-O-C-O-T-I-C.com. And, um, and Template basically lets you go in and define your own templates uh, for any kind of URLs, any kind of containers around URLs. So, <clears throat> for example, I have one where if I select this text on a web page and hit this certain key command, it will copy everything in what's selected as Markdown and then prepend that with the, the title URL. So basically, it's a markdown link plus a quote. Hmm. That's one key command, which is, I use that constantly, especially when I'm posted on Tumblr. You can do easy stuff like just copy you know, a markdown link, but you can do pretty sophisticated stuff. Like when I'm doing the show notes and I want to have uh, a reference link for a sponsor, I don't want to put the whole, you know, I'll use the title tag or the, uh, yeah, the title, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll use the title tag and drop in the full link description from their site. So usually that's an SEO uh, optimized long description. Oh, right, right. So, uh, but that's one key command. Like that used to be, think about how that used to be where that was three different things to copy and paste or, or more. And you can even do conditional things where you can say, if there is a description, use that. And if there's not a description, just use the title of the page. So if you don't need this, I'm sorry that you're still here because this is probably really boring. But if you do any of this stuff, you don't have to go make this stuff from scratch. You don't have to go write bash scripts from this. Like, Brett has done so much great stuff for this. And this, in the case of this template thing, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't know the author's name, but um, it's the most extensive way to deal with links that I've seen uh, in Chrome. It's so that, that, Al- that, that was all. Alistair Mercer from that is, that is correct. Dunfermline, Scotland. And he also has the most extensive and best looking options area I've ever seen in a Google extension. Hmm. It's really, really well done. And I think it's, it's pretty well maintained. Uh, so <laughs> it has nothing to do with compression, but... I don't know. I like to share that stuff because as much as I'm not super into the productivity porn stuff, you know, I think it's worth sharing when you've got something that saves you a tremendous amount of time. And there are, I'm guessing, a lot of people who do the same kind of fairly lightweight writing that I do. And the ability to do that in any text area, in any text file, really in any place, uh, I think is, is super powerful. So linking tools, all in show notes. Comics has got to be super fast. I'm reading Civil War. 
<clears throat> and I've, I've read all the main book. I just wanted to say that I think Civil War is really good. The Marvel Civil War series. I guess there's some people don't like it. I, um, I, Mike, has led me to believe there are people out there who don't like Civil War, which I think is a shame. I think it's really, really good. But what I want to recommend specifically, that <laughs> I was reading to my daughter yesterday. Uh, it's a great uh, Brian Michael Bendis, uh, like so much of this, it's called Road to Civil War. Now, have you read that? No, I have not. Well, you know about Civil War, right? Yes. The, uh, the Superhuman Registration Act is coming along and everybody's taking a side. And, and it's really, I, I thought it was, I think it's really good. But I think you might even enjoy Road to Civil War, which is a, I think it might have been a prequel after Civil War, but it's all about the Illuminati and it's all about um, basically Tony and Peter working together when he has to go to Washington to testify about this. And Tony makes him a new suit. And uh, I thought it was, I thought it was, I, I actually like it as well as or better than some parts of Civil War, which I also enjoyed. So I just want to recommend that uh, Road to Civil War. I haven't put it in show notes, but I will. And then uh, also reading Avengers Initiative, which I like. And I want to tell you about something I saw the other day that I really like. Um, there's a really cool site called, uh, uh, I think it's called uh, Comics Back Issues. So comicsbackissues.com. And they have a whole bunch of, um, neat things. Not a, like, a, I don't know if they have a ton of these, but they have these great like reading order lists including one I discovered this week that I love, which is an X-Men timeline. And so and it's not like one of those data dumps. You know, like sometimes you go to a reading order. I don't know if how much you do stuff like this, but I like to know the reading order, you know, especially with stuff like Fantastic Four and FF, you have to interleave a lot. And in this instance, he's taken the major, I think it's a he, has taken uh, the, the big parts of the X-Men and put it in chronological order. Oh, wow. So it starts with, you know, X-Men 1961, one, three. Anyway, the initial volume one x-men and then the next set is all new x-men mentioning so it really is chronological like in this period here is when the x-men came to 2013 so anyway uh that's in show notes too for people who are getting started with comics like me i got especially with something like civil war when marvel does these events it's it's really difficult to know what you really have to read and how much of it is just stuff they slathered on like i went out and like they what they had at my comic shop i bought which was civil war Civil War X-Men and Civil War Punisher War Journal, I think it's called. But then I come back and I discover there's like 35 more of these and multiple events. And of course, New Avengers, New Avengers, New Avengers. And if you're trying to cut through that, um, this comic, uh, go, you really just go out and Google for uh, the name of your comic series and reading order. And you can find lots of people arguing about it. But I found that really useful. Also, I'll put this in notes. The Wikipedia page for, I think it's Marvel crossover events, has a great, like, you know, in order, like all of the things you need to know, right? Like, you know, you, you probably don't want to read, you know, um, schism before you read World War Hulk, mm-hmm. for stuff like that. Anyway, that's all nerdy and uh, away from our topic of compression, but that's what I've been enjoying. And I'm looking forward to the 47 Ronin. I accidentally bought five Ronin because I thought that was the right Ronin. <laughs> and this is, this is in, uh, I think it's in Japan. Mm-hmm. As you do, mm. and uh, you know, it's it's kind of weird. It's like Wolverine as a samurai, and like I think Deadpool as a samurai. Yeah, that's different. That's different comic. Yeah, it didn't seem like your kind of thing. Mm-mm. Yeah, and is the rabbit is the rabbit in um, Forty Seven Run? No, is it, no, is it a human, human beings only. Human beings, and 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 tell me the name of that writer you like that does it. Stan Sakai. Stan Sakai. Now he's not the Batman guy. The Batman guy. Who's the Batman Scott guy? Scott Snyder. Like? Scott Snyder. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's the and writer, by the way, he's not the so I started a, a list now of all the comics that I want to read right now. And number three, Hush. A, after new event, 
Well, Court of Owls. I've added Court of Owls. Is that Oh, him? that's a good one. Real good Everybody one. Oh, you're going to dig Owls. that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a little confused about the Joker. What's going on with his face? Don't know. I haven't caught up with that yet. Cut it off, though, apparently. Cut it off. Moves it Cut around. Cut it off. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, Mike, and uh, Moises talked about this on the uh, last... I can't keep up with Moises' podcast. One of them. It was a really good episode. But anyway, that's all. Oh, and I finally got a copy of Deadpool... Uh, you say Merc or Merce? How do you say it? Mer- 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 yeah, because it's mercenary. Mer- so I think it's, I think it's Merc, which which seems a little bit off-putting. Merc. About that too. Anyway, that's all. That's all. Um, so, do you want to talk about compression a little bit? This is when something gets squeezed. <laughs> yes, like a lemon. Yeah. Mm. It's all your fault. It's all your <laughs> unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I still keep. I still occasionally have a vision of that little lemon grab, the little baby, baby with know. the head splitting. Yeah, somebody made an animated GIF for that, and I had to. I had to really my dashboard. I had to take it off. I couldn't even look at. It. I couldn't look at. What it. do you mean on my dashboard? That's a Tumblr. When, oh. it, when, it, when it's up, there's frequently disturbing images on there. What What I is it called? Lemon grab baby. Mm, you ever go to that new site? There's a new site where you can look for animated GIFs, Giffy or Jiffly or. Something like that. There's a new site where you can go. Let me go find Giffy. it. I've got it here. Do you say GIF or GIF? <clears throat> um, oh, I like this. Yeah, so go search for Adventure You should Time. You'll not yeah. have shown me this. Now you're going to have like the, the visual version of a soundboard. Can you and, sample this? Insufferable! <laughs> how, do you, how do you search on this thing? Uh, it's hard. It's by the, uh, the uh, I don't have it in front of me, but like a magnifying glass. There it, it, are you sure it's Gifly? I don't know. I've got it a save search engine here in Chrome. Let me see if I can find it. GIF and Adventure. Yeah, Giphy. G-I-P-H-Y. Ah. Guys, check it out. Google uh, Google Chrome's uh, saved uh, search engines. I use oh, it for Oh, this is better than the other one. It's pretty good. Adventure time. I love food more than I love people. Oh, my Jake is usually better than that. We, uh, as I, as I, as I mentioned, uh, I was talking to somebody on Twitter, I think somewhere I was talking to somebody and they were mentioning, oh, you know what it was? I was making fun of people on Twitter and I ended up, ended up going back and listening to, um, E2 of our show. Mm. And, uh, but you know, one of our, uh, I don't want to go meta here, but one of our running bits is the whole joke about, you know, tungle me, doodle this, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And <clears throat> specifically the place where that took hold was when I was getting ready two years ago two years ago no can't be two years ago well it's 107 episodes it's two years i'm an english guy i can't, I can't do arithmetic but yeah it must have been when i was getting ready to go to uh webstock so right around this time whenever that was e4 e4 and e5 and we needed to jam in an extra episode or not jam in but record an extra episode to have you know in in your pocket before i left for new zealand and i joked with you about how we needed to schedule that like for, for like a week and a half or two weeks this, i'm not ragging on you it's just it, the point of the story is i kept saying okay dan we got to schedule this we got to schedule this because as you know i'm obsessed with my calendar and i said you know there's going to be compression and we joked about it and haha and then actually we you know we both primarily you, but we both kind of screwed up. It got really late and we had to stressfully jam it in at the last minute. It worked out great. But that, com- that idea of compression is something I, I unintentionally think about a lot and we kind of mention it in passing a lot. And I wanted to talk more about that and what I think compression means. Um, I want to know what you think about it, how you sweat it. So does that interest you at all? Very much so. Yeah. 
I put a bunch of stuff in show notes that I can't decide if these are relevant or not, but um, there's this thing I posted on 43 folders a few years ago about like why people are bad at estimating time. And there's all kinds of, um, I, I'm not going to go too deep on this. I I don't want to be- so I'm really glad you brought this up and my wife will be too, because especially if you have tips, because, uh, I'm so bad at it. I'm really pretty good at estimating the time that it takes to like do something like write code or something like that. Uh, if it's computer related, but if it, if it has to do with like something in real life and how long that's going to take, I'm, I'm so bad at that. Well, let me try and put a little bit of meat on your bone. You might be really good at, so if you think about a timeline, you might be really good about saying, um, I'm, I'm making a thing with my fingers where I'm indicating like three or four inches apart with my thumb and forefinger. Uh-huh. You might be really good at saying, this is how much time it's going to take to add this feature to the CMS. And I'm pretty good at estimating that because I'm Dan, I'm, I know these things. And I think that it's, it's the way that I used to always try and this is a good tip in passing when you're doing business with people is if somebody doesn't say they have a budget, ask them for an orders of magnitude estimate, which will blow their minds. So they say, well, I don't know, we don't really have a budget. I say, well, give me an order of magnitude estimate. And they say, well, we don't really have a budget. I say, okay, is it going to be $10? Is it going to be $100? Is it going to be $1,000? Is it going to be like a billion dollars? And they'll go, oh, well, it's got to be less than, you know? But that, that's that one simple question like, it's amazing how quickly that gives focus to a topic, right? Because if you say that to them and you say, well, what's your budget? Is it a dollar? Is it a billion dollars? Is it more than $10? Well, yes, of course. Is it more than $100? Yeah. And is it 1000 Well, we might be able to. Well, okay, that's good to know. You just told me that your budget is between $1,000 and $9,999. That's really good to know. So now we have something we can talk about, right? Now we just have to fix the price somewhere on that continuum that's hopefully going to be agreeable to both of us. I think the same thing happens with time estimation, where you can say to people, like, you know, how soon do, do, do we really, do you, do you want this? Well, I want it yesterday. Okay, how soon do you really need this? Well, I absolutely have it, have to have it by next week. Okay, well, now let's unpack why you need it by next week. And if I'm good as a consultant or a programmer or whatever, I'll be able to walk you through those dependencies. And I can tell you responsibly, you went through this when you're on your own. Eventually, right? You, you get good at saying to people, yeah. well, I can't commit to two things that you're asking me to do. Um, is what I end up saying a lot. Well, first of all, the amount of time that you want is not in keeping with, say, your budget or the, a realistic schedule. But the other thing that people, I think, don't think about enough, and this is getting back to the original point, is with my fingers, is that I might be, let's say you even, let's say you say, okay, I've got this huge budget and we just need you to be here for an hour. Well, the problem is if you need me to do that tomorrow, I can't do that because there's this very important second block that precedes, now I'm making longer fingers here, is the amount of time that transpires between now and when you need it or when I can do it. I don't know if this is making sense, but in your case, you might be great at saying, I when I add this feature to the CMS, I think it'll take me part of three days. That's my estimate. But I doubt, I highly doubt that it will take me more than part of eight days and there's no way it'll take me less than the part of two days. That's To me, that's in some ways, I don't know if that's really super smart and professional, but that's how I think about things. So you could say, you could get really good at that and go, okay, I need to find part of two to 10 days, eight days to do this. I think it'll take about this long. But the part that I, I, I will say that I'm not good at this, and I suspect what you're really saying is the part you're not good at is the part between me making that estimate and me doing it. And, you know, I think we can both look, cite numerous examples in our own lives of that being true. Like, it doesn't take that, I need to get new tires. 
it doesn't take that long to get new tires. If once you do it, like once you're at the place, you drive to the place on your old tires and you drop off your car and you pick it up, that's half a day. Like if you go to Costco, get there very early because do your shopping, right? Like a gentleman. But you know what I'm saying, right? Like to, to do anything, for me to write a thank you note to one person, and I owe so many people thank you notes right now, writing a thank you note really only takes five minutes, maybe 10 minutes. Well, problem one is I have so many of those to write that that's a kind of resistance. But problem number two is like, well, problem 1A is that like, I feel like I have to write all of them, right? Classic procrastination. I can't write one, I have to write 50. But then the other thing is like, I'll say, oh, I got to do that. I got to do that. It's only going to take five minutes. But there's a million other things that I do or don't know that I have to do before I ever get to that, right? So the reason I'm not getting my tires changed is because there's other more pressing stuff in the meantime that keeps me driving around on these crazy bald tires. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I know it's not that hard to do. It's not even that costly to do. But I am going to have to go get in the car and drive there, which means I have to plan ahead a little bit. Sounds stupid, but I don't drive that much. I've got to set aside the time to do that. I've got to plan probably, it sounds silly, but I've got to plan like a week out. I have to pick my daughter up at school several days a week, drop her off. You know, there's compression. There's, there's stuff that comes along. And so the thing that I'm interested in, in terms of the discussion here that might be useful to people is like when you've got something, let's say you agree to do something and I couldn't find the paper or the blog post for this, but I seem to remember a few years ago reading something about how terrible people are about estimating how long something will take. Human beings like, there's that, what is it, Hofstadter's Law? Which is that everything <laughs> takes, you know, the guy who wrote Gerda Escher, Escher Bach? Yeah, like, that's not, yes. Have you ever heard it? No. Um, what is the exact quote? Let me get it right. Something along the lines of... That was yeah, after Hofstadter. he was with uh, CCR, right? No, I think you're thinking of, uh, of uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who owned uh, Fantasy Records. Zance? Zance? Mm, Dan. Mm-hmm. Miami Steve? Mm-hmm. Hofstetter's Law. It always takes longer than you expect, even when you take into account Hofstetter's Law. That's a little meta. Like, like Gerda Escher Bach, mm-hmm. which is in re- recursive in turn, much like Gerda Escher Bach. Yeah. I found that to be true. That as a as a former uh, large animal project manager, I I have I, I like to think that I would be good at estimating things. But there are so many factors to think about, even when you estimate something. Like like you know, and gosh, this is borne out by anybody who sat there in Microsoft Project during a meeting and thought that you were up to date. And then by the end of the meeting or the next morning, you got to go redo your Gantt chart because everything's all messed up. In some very mature organizations that move slowly, you can deal with that. But but there's this you know. A related phenomenon to this, which is that one thing that Getting Things Done by David Allen, which is copyright David Code 2001, mm-hmm. seeks to address is that you feel like you're not getting stuff done. You feel like you've got these 50 things to do today, as I like to say. But what you don't account for is the stuff that comes up in the meantime. So, you know, if you're an idiot like me who says, okay, I'm going to block out six hours today to write a book. Well, you know, when's that going to happen? So even setting aside, even if you're good, like, first of all, you're probably not going to write more than 90 minutes a day twice. You're not going to do a sustained level of writing beyond that, which I've learned. But, but also, like, I, I, you sit there and you feel bad about your, you know, what you're not getting accomplished, but you may not be thinking about what came up in the meantime. Now, if you only address, as David says, latest and loudest, you're never going to get to that stuff you hope to do, plan to do. That's not the, as Stephen Covey says, urgent stuff. <laughs> but all I'm trying to say is that you know, when, we, when we come up with a time estimate of something that's far away in the future, for example. And apparently there's, turns out there's some kind of data about this. But if I say to you, hey, can you do a one hour meeting a year from now? You know, you would say, well, of course, like I'm not insane. Of course I could do that. 
You might even not need to know about why it's important. You may not need to know like what you would cancel to do that because a year from now seems like a million years in some ways. Well, of course, like I'm a, you know, and if I ask you to do that a month from now, um, you might say the same thing. Now, if you're me and somebody asks me to do something a month from now, the very first thing that I do is open my calendar. And I open my calendar and I look at the day view to see if the day they want to do it is available. But I also look at the week view because if I'm not looking at the night before that happens, the morning before that happens, the afternoon, the evening, you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. That one hour is actually pretty complex. So for example, somebody says, hey, do you, I'm in England. Do you want to record a podcast at six in the morning? I might say, sure, unless I hadn't, you know, unless I'd noticed that the night before is at Macworld and mm. I'm going to be out, you know, slamming alcohol until three in the morning. Well, that's a stupid decision. I'm, I'm kind of all over the map here, but, but, but now let's say it gets closer than a month. And how often have you dealt with people who say like, I need this thing by the end of the week, or, you know, I need this tomorrow or I need this now. Well, I, if somebody needs an hour of my time right now, I'm very likely to just immediately say no, mm -hmm. just because in addition to being a little bit disrespectful of another person's time, it's bananas that now their deadline has become my deadline. I'm supposed to move everything around for them. And just for what it's worth in client services, that's probably not a great client. Is that your experience? We talked about this a little bit. When little you get bit. people, yeah, like when you start out and you're hungry and you're working for no money on crazy deadlines, you went through that, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, for unfortunately for a very long time. And that's the tough part is, especially when you need money, like you, you, you'll, you know, there, what is that expression? You, you can have it fast or you can have it cheap, but not both or some, something. What, yeah. The, the project management triangle. Yeah. So, you know, you can, you can have it within a certain budget. You can have it within a certain amount of time, or you can have it to a certain level of quality. Right. But you can really only pick two. Right. Pick two of those. That's what it is. And, you know, I think that's the kind of thing that when you're, especially early on, when you're starting out with something and you're pretty much taking any project at all, anything that you can get, you're, you maybe you can be a little bit discerning, but not very discerning. That becomes very, very real to you. And, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day and I said, we were, we were sharing ideas for different things. And I, I jokingly said to him, I said, listen, if I tell you this idea, then I'm, you know, I want to, I want to be able to get your advice on it once in a while, you know, like, an hour a month. And he's like, oh, an hour a month. Oh, I don't know if I can do an hour a month. It sounds so unreasonable when someone says that. Doesn't and I it? was like, it's an hour a month, dude. Like that's, it's not that much. Let me, let me do some simple arithmetic and show you how many hours are in a month. Right. <laughs> and, and, but he was like, seriously, he's like, I don't know if I can commit that to that. And uh, he was, he was absolutely serious about it. Well, I, and you this know is what? a guy who's very aware of, you know, his, his existing commitments, you know, I, I can give you an extremely specific example, example that I face two to five times a week. And, uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to open the kimono here. So, nice. um, I don't know if you know this, but I'm not actually a bad person. Did you know that? You? Something I don't talk about a lot and please don't delude me with requests, but I have a lot of phone calls with people who I'm, maybe kind of friends with, maybe people I don't know, but somebody will contact me on Twitter and say, hey, you know, let's, I'd love to talk to you. And uh, please don't send me anymore. But I will do that a lot because I, I really enjoy talking to people. I talked to a guy I, I barely know from the internet yesterday for almost an hour, actually an hour and 41 minutes. Oh, okay. 
Okay, first of all, A, how do I get to do that? Well, I get to do that because that's valuable to me. I like talking to people and I don't overschedule myself to where I can't do things like that because that's really awesome. But what's the other side of that coin? So let's even say that that was a, I can't even tell you, there's probably 20 people that I do this with on a weirdly regular basis. Um, and I used to say, you know, my, my thing, uh, that suggestion I put out in an episode, the every six weeks call, mm-hmm. I was, you know, when I had this whole idea of, uh, that I still believe in, which is, I call it the every six weeks program. And the idea is you pick six people in your life that you never want to lose contact with and you schedule a call with them every six weeks. All right. I remember this. And you rotate. So, you know, we've all got people where we go, oh, we should hang out. We should, you know, make a startup or whatever. And you say, I miss you from college. Well, if you really miss them, pull out your phone or your, your, your dingus right now and make a date for a call. Do it right then. Do it right then if you're really going to do it. And then if you really both enjoy it, schedule another call in six weeks. Why do I say this? Because that was my plan. I had been sticking with like nice person from the internet or Tumblr that I like. I will talk to you every six weeks. It's only quote unquote an hour. Well, first of all, when you talk to me, it's almost always going to be 90 minutes. But second of all, yes, that is just, let's say an hour. But what if I do that 30 times a month? What if I do that 10 times a month? If I do that 10 times a month, that's at least 10 hours. Or in my case, probably more like 15 or 20 hours. So that's half of a working week that I would spend on that. So in the case of this dude you're talking about, I am completely sympathetic to him saying, well, I was was too. I was too. Yeah, exactly. Well, think about it this way. I mean, I occasionally will go into Mint or somewhere and I, I created a tag in Mint called web subscriptions. And so I'll go in and periodically look at so the first time that I get charged for something for twenty nine ninety nine a month, I'll I'll you know tag it as web subscription. Um and uh when I think of it, I'll go in and look. And it's astonishing how many things that I don't use I'm still subscribed to. I'm not proud of that. Right. But you know when you really notice it, if you ever had your credit card compromised, you have to go in and you have to like re enter all of that data in different places. I can't believe how much stuff I don't want to re enter that data for once I realize that I'm still being charged for it. Right. It's well, almost like you, you should have your card compromised just so that you can go over. It forces you to go over. <laughs> it's an unpleasant experience, but it I, forces yeah. you to go over like, wow, I'm paying for that much crap. I have a post about this on 43 folders. When the first time that happened to me, my, my notes on that were, first of all, I started a new Omni Outliner document with um, every ongoing charge that I had, the name of the, the company, and then the URL paste it into the note for where I would have to go to re-enter that information, change the password, what have you, uh, which sounds excessive, except I've had to do it four times mm. because it just happens. I mean, one, one, one day I, I used my card for something not too long ago. I used my card for something. And then suddenly there was an explosion of charges all over the United States. Like somebody at an In-N-Out Burger, oh, man. California, somebody at a coach purse store, you know, on the East Coast. And clearly it was one of those things where for whatever reason, it got out there. And, um, you know, I think there are sort of networks where you can go get these things. Anyway, the point being, it's not that hard. You have a week without that card. They send you a new one. You start over, cost you 50 bucks or whatever. Anyway, it's a pain in the butt. But so first, my first idea there was to like write down all of those things the first time it happened because it'll happen again. You, and, and, but it doesn't hurt to know all the stuff that you're, you're doing. And then um, second of all, <laughs> to be honest, and this sounds really weaselly, but like wait and see what happens. Like if you know there's mission critical stuff, like, you know, paying your electric bill or something mm-hmm. like, yeah, go and update that. But, you know, you can create, uh, for example, in Gmail, uh, create a rule when you're going through that debacle, create a rule of something like 
credit card failed or payment failed. Mm-hmm. And you get and you could see any time that that happened. This sounds really squirrely, but do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like totally. if I had to do that on my own, I would never do that. I would never do that. So so what's the point there? 30 bucks a month. You know, there are some people who won't pay for anything, which is fine, but I have said, "Oh, I'll go try this this service." Like I've been subscribed to that um that razor club where they send you razor blades. And the thing is, I don't shave very much. So I've got like like something like 20 or 30 blades. So I'm, I like that service a lot, but I'm, except when my neighbors run, run over them because they're not paying attention. But I, I'll, uh, I'm going to probably cancel that because I've got enough. Now, I could let that go. It's only like $10 a month. But it's $10 a month. If I do that five times every, mo- every month for different subscriptions, that's mm-hmm. $50 a month. I'm way off track here. In the case of that dude and in the case of me, I've gotten so circumspect about it's just an hour. Because everything can be just an hour. It's just, do you want 500 of those? Because that's what will happen. If that guy walks around agreeing to do only an hour a month for 100 people, well, that's untenable. Now, now it's on you. Now you have to call. You have to cancel. And it is, to our point, an excellent example of compression. Mm-hmm. And after you tell me about something you like, uh, I want to talk about some possible ways to ameliorate that by being a little more realistic, by writing things down yeah, and by some of these little tricks that I employ to try and keep that from biting me in the butt. All right. Well, this is so, the second. Having talked about my butt, tell me about something you like. Second thing I like, mm. and this is, we can finally talk about this. Squarespace. Oh, yes, yes. This is exciting. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, Squarespace, what do, what do you call it? The F's and B's? Give me the F's and B's, the features and benefits. Everything you need to make an amazing I website. I got I got to tell you something I about Squarespace. Something I like. Squarespace is a fully hosted, completely managed environment for creating and maintaining a beautiful website. It could be a blog. It could be a portfolio. It doesn't matter if you're experienced building sites or not. You drag and drop. You make a site. They take care of the hosting, the scaling, the integration. They've got this cool thing called Layout Engine, which is their page builder. It lets you add little blocks of content so that you can say, oh, here's a photo gallery. Here's an integration with Twitter. Tons more. It's really, really awesome. It couldn't be simpler. We use it here. I know Merlin uses the heck out of oh, it. I, I, I love it. It's you just really seriously drag and drop, not just in the sense of drag your photo in, but drag a, a block of functionality onto the page here. It's just a little black box. You drag in literally a black box and it just does stuff. And now, Dan, now. Finally. I would say big, finally. Big week. Big week. <laughs> the Gruber like air quotes around finally. Right. We've been sitting on this one for a couple months yeah. and this is really cool. It's commerce. You can sell stuff with Squarespace just the same way that you would add a new page to your site, you add a new product. And these can show up on your site as a, you can set it up as a store. You can set them up anywhere within your whole entire site as a page, as a post. And you can, they, they handle every single detail of this. They're partnered with Stripe, which is, they're my that's kind payment of your go-to processor payment choice. Processor. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're really, really great. Uh, you, you can sell anything, whether it's physical or digital. They have the download stuff with the like expiring, self-expiring link and everything. That's all built in. You can manage your inventory. You can process customer orders. They have a, a packing slip printing thing built in. You can customize the emails that they send. Uh, they have tax rules, multiple shipment methods, coupons, like everything is in there. And it has their awesome interface so that it's seamless. It's not like you have to go to a separate place or a separate thing. And it doesn't cost any more to do this. It's not like an add-on that you have to pay anything additional for. It's great. It, it's, it is great. And when Lil Ryan set me up with that a while back, I, I so mean, little. 
so, so little. My, my mind was so blown um, because, you know, I, I don't really have any physical items to sell people at this point, but it's something I've been thinking about, especially with another program that I do. You know, eventually we maybe like to sell stuff. We just haven't decided what yet. And so I yeah. went in and made up a page and just for fun, what I did was, and uh, well, there's two things to this. One thing that's great is you can go in and you can go create this site. So I went and signed up with Stripe, which I didn't have an account with mm-hmm. for, and then you can run it in this demo mode where you yeah. test out all the way down the line with the transaction through doing what appears to be a real order and you test it all the way down the line. Then when you're ready, you can flip it on, which I thought was fantastic. But what I did was I thought, oh, I would probably not do this, but like I could sell just as a, a fun thing. I said, I'll, I'll upload a bunch of my MP3s of stuff I've recorded and upload the art, upload a little description, and it worked great. And I went all the way down, like as a, and you know an unlogged in user, and tested it, and it it worked fantastically well. You know, so I don't know. There's some really good companies, um, like subscription companies that we love. There are also certainly uh, a wealth of services and open source apps for doing this. But like so much of Squarespace, I'm so glad we can talk about this. What I love about it is like, I don't know. I haven't done this yet. I don't know if this has every feature in the world. But like Squarespace itself, it has the features that you mostly need. And it's really easy to use. It's powerful. I'm not trying to undercut the power of it. But it's also, you don't have to go in... I'm thinking of some particular open source apps for this that are pretty good. But you have to go in and flip so many bits. Right? You go into some of these apps and there's so much stuff to set up and so much stuff to fix. This is like getting a Squarespace site itself. This is so fast and easy to set up. If you're already using a Squarespace site, you just you just flip this on and use it. And if you're not using a Squarespace site, I think it's a better reason than ever to check it out. So, you know, if you're trying to if you're just trying to sell like, you know, I guess what I'm saying is if you're heavily invested in other online stores, I mean, I would at least look at this, but if you're not, my God, this is all, all the more reason to start with this, don't you think? Yeah, it really is. And, and you know, again, you can set this up and all you're doing with Squarespace is just selling stuff or you can take your existing blog, your existing site and just integrate it seamlessly. And that's what that's what's so nice about this is that you it's so typical for you to have to go to multiple different products or multi, multiple different services. This is all there. It's all just right there. And, uh, and it's beautiful. And little Ryan's very, he's very proud. Well, he, his, not in a bad way. No, his excitement about it was contagious when he showed it to me and it was all I could do not to, you know, go on about it then. But it's, it's one of those weird things, um, where now I really want to use it and not, not even to make money, but just cause it's so fun to use, you know, you could, you could, I mean, if you were like a giant company, you could probably do stuff like sell, you know, PDF white papers. Mm-hmm. You could say, if you're a band, you could certainly sell your own stuff on there. There may be other solutions for that, but this is yours guys. Yeah. This is you host and run this yourself. And you could certainly test the waters. You can give out these coupons that I don't know if they do a free coupon at the time. I'm not sure that, that I looked at it last. I'm not sure they did a free coupon, but you can have a, a, a heavily discounted coupon. Do you know if they do freebies? Uh, like, hmm, I, think I, I haven't can, spent enough time with it to know. I think you can do a coupon. I, I haven't looked. I, I, don't do anything for free. So. Well, like like us, then what you should do is check this out. You should go to squarespace.com slash back to work and sign up. You can have a new site uh, with your own domain. And I think we clocked it at about four minutes. Uh, yeah, to, that's, to that was up. your time. Yeah, that was your clock. Yeah. It was uh, it was pretty crazy. And uh, I understand that we have an offer code this month that will help people get an extra 10% off once they're ready to. Uh, what, what is that code? I do not know the code. Bendis. It's still Bendis. Bendis. Squarespace.com slash back to work. Show your support. Bendis. 10% off. Boom. Done. Enter an offer Love. code. Bendis. B-E-N-D-I-S. 
please try this out or at least tell your pals about it because this is this is a service that saves a lot of people a lot of time. Like, like everything, it's probably not for everybody, but it might be for you. And if it's not for you, there's a pretty good chance there's somebody in your life who's going through a lot of hassle right now to get stuff online, uh, including products, but, but certainly including just regular old content and photos. And it's really fun and easy to use. So please try it out yourself, but also please tell your pals about it. It helps us a lot when people go to that URL and check it out. It lets little Ryan know that you're uh, listening. At the end of the day, it just matters that little Ryan's happy. I mean, and that's any day. It's, you know, the thing is, like so many kids, it's not that hard to make him happy. You just got to hug him a lot, you know, give him the occasional, uh, you know, uh, airplane model to make or a new big wheel. And it's easy to lose my temper with him, though, when he's like banging on the table during the meal or something, or he won't, he brings his toys to the table and I say, take him, right. put him back in your box. He brings not, them to the table. Not time, not time. Right. Yeah. But you know, I can't stay mad at him. No, you, you see, never I look can. at those eyes and I think about what we went through with weaning. Yeah. Oh, God, he's such a sweet kid. So really thanks is. to uh, Squarespace.com and little Ryan for supporting 5x5 and back to work. He can give himself a bath now. So here's the funny part. Funny thing happened last night. Um, I, I've been, I bought a copy of Runaways, number one, the BKV little uh, like kid-sized paperback of Runaways. Mm-hmm. And I've been meaning to read it because I love Saga. I love Why the Last Man and so forth. And so I've been meaning to read Runaways. And so last night... My, my wife, like I've said before, my wife and my daughter, their comics that they read together, that my wife reads to my daughter, are Zeta, Space, Zeta the Space Girl. Yeah, you mentioned that one. I've never seen that one. Well, they blazed through two editions of that over and over and over. They, love, they both love it. And the Wizard of Oz stuff, Scotty Young's Wizard of Oz stuff is great. So last night I was like, hey, you know, you might want to, I'm going to, here's and Runaways. I think it's like pretty, you know, like at least teenager friendly. And I, I tossed it to her and I, I, pop, I pop my head in a little bit later. And she goes, um, this is a little bit grown up. And I was like, oh, really? I was like, is it Grizzly? She's like, no. And I was like, oh, is it S-E-X stuff? And she's like, yeah. What, what was it? <laughs> well, you know, I think it's for, it's, it's like T plus. So what is that, like 13 and older? But I, I've read her Proteus. Like, I, I can't ruin my daughter anymore. Right. But of course, the irony of that is that she's reading what I thought was a pretty safe to read to kids book. And in the afternoon, we spent over 90 minutes reading Road to Civil War, which is Brian Michael Bendis, mostly writing. <laughs> you pause just in case. Just. Just all I'm saying is the reason. No, no. The reason I mention it is it's a running joke now. So imagine you're making like that bok, bok, bok chicken thing with your fingers, mm-hmm. like where you go, ah, oh, talk, 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 talk. Mm-hmm. I'll say to Ellie, can you guess who wrote this? And she'll go, Brian Michael Bendis. I was like, yes, because the whole page is white from all the bubbles. So it's basically, it's unlike like a Chris Claremont explaining what happened. In this case, it's just so much of like Tony talking to a senator and a senator talking to Tony and it's page after page. Or it's like, it's just like, it's like, uh, you say Namor or Namor? What do you say? I say Namor, but I... I just say Namor. I think it's wrong. But it's Namor, like, protesting to the whole idea of the Illuminati. And then what Black Panther has to say, and it's basically, a, it's meetings. I read, So I sat down with this, what I was worried would be too grown up for her. She's like, no, no, keep reading. I was like, I can skip over this. The phrase that she uses for this, you ever get the last page of a digital comic and you see the Marvel chronological reading list with, like, Thor? Yeah. And, and she'll go, blah, blah, boring internet. And anytime she sees something that's not the comic, like at the beginning, you see the like description of what's happening and she goes, blah, 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 boring internet. And I thought this was blah, blah, boring internet. But then she wanted me to keep reading, reading the uh, transcript of meetings to her. Brian Michael Bendis, he's wordy. Yeah, he is. I bet that's a design challenge for artists. Don't you think? Like to think about like, how am I going to fit all of this stuff? 
Because when does uh, VCs Joe uh, come to Bubba? When does that guy go in and do all the uh, all the lettering? At what point do the bubbles and the letters get put in? I think the the sketch starts first. Then I think they, you, start, they, you start with a script. In in this age, you, you think, think the all, script is first, then the sketching. Oh, oh yeah, this ain't the nineties, buddy. This okay. So the script, then the sketch, then the inking and coloring, and then the bubbles on top of that. But you certainly have to have a pretty good idea, I guess, based on the script, the very, very, very long script of how much. I'll say, you know <laughs> what I'll script. do for, for this week's show notes? I'll put up some screen grabs of uh, meetings. Yes, do that. <laughs> um, okay, so let's wrap it up on compression. Okay, so again, to restate the, uh, the problem uh, space, the problem domain, as you say, is that let's, so the specific example here that we're referring to was when I was about to go on one of my very rare like overseas trips with my family. And, and, and the reason that that turned out okay is because I really did come to acknowledge that I, if I did, I'm sorry, you just, you just sent me a text. Yeah, got confused. I had to. Yes, I know. Um, cause I know that anything that I do involving my family is going to take more time just because it's more than me. It's more than one person. I'm, I'm enough of a mess as it is, but when I have to account for, you know, silly examples like getting the laundry done and getting packed is way more complicated for any three people than any one person, especially if you've got a kid. Because again, go through your dependencies, work out everything you need. In that case, she was a lot younger. So we had to have, oh, extra milk bottles. Oh, actually, we don't have enough. We need to go buy more. Like if you really start doing that stuff, you realize how much more you may have to do than you realized. If in your head, you're just thinking, I'm going to throw stuff in a bag and go to the airport. Well, that is really stressful on that night before when you realize that all you have left are like, you know, plaid shirts and, and one pair of non beach beach tree underwear. Mm-hmm. That's really frustrating. So I, uh, as I've learned from hard one experience, knowing that I was going to go to New Zealand for two weeks oh, man. was like, I, I, that's so much prep. And that's why I, I, you know, I kind of jabbed you about that for a while. So what's the compression part? Well, the compression part is yes. Um, the, the, the bad part, the unpredictable part is that big black box of between here and there. You know, like today you have a hard out, right? You have to leave at a certain time no matter what. Right. I, I have to pick up my daughter this afternoon. I've got to be out of the office by an hour before I pick her up. Period. Full stop. Punto. Like I've got to go. So if I try to jam in, I know that. So I also try to build in a little time to ramp down. I, you know, if I've got a bunch of stuff in my backpack, I might want to take my backpack home. Is this silly stuff? I don't think so because that is a huge source of stress. If you have an immovable object over here, you're going to have to be really careful about what other objects you put in between. So I don't know if I'm making the case for this, but I think one reason people get stressed out, and this is a huge ongoing back to work point, but I think one reason people get stressed out is they overcommit to things that they may or may not need to do. They don't really know what state it's in and they never take the time to review whether it's something that's still fresh and still needs to be done. That causes stress because you're churning on all the stuff that you might need to do. See also our getting things done episodes. But then the other thing we don't do is, let's say, A, think about what actually has to happen for that hard out. Like in your case, before you get to that hard out, I mean, you know, you got to account for enough time in traffic once that particular box has begun. But then in between, make sure you don't jam in too much new stuff and be aware of ongoing stuff. Otherwise, it's, that's a total recipe for stress. I like this idea of the two boxes, Dan, that I'm indicating with my fingers. There's box number two, which is the doing of the event that has to happen. But then there's a much crazier and more chaotic box A, which is all the stuff between now and then. I think right. that's where the trouble comes in. 
So, you know, when somebody says, will you take this meeting of an hour a year from now? And you say, yes. Well, you might discover, like I discovered this week, I flipped in, I, I went into command two, I went and looked at week, week view in BusyCal. And I realized I had like six calls this week. Not a big deal. I know you're an adult. You have like a real job and I don't. But like for me, that's like, even though they're good calls, that's six holes in the day, you know, through the week. That means I've got to be here at a certain time. That constrains me. I've got to, you know, if it gets canceled and goes to another day, well, now what do I do at that time in between? If I don't account for that stuff ahead of time, that causes stress. And this brings me straight back to the importance of the calendar. So I I just can't, for myself, I can't get beyond how important it is to use and rely on your calendar in an ongoing, updated, and honest way. Like if it's not on my calendar, it's simply not going to happen. If it is one of these hard landscape events, as, as David says, it better be on that calendar and it better be somewhere smart. So, so back to this idea of, it, do I want to schedule something at five in the morning out of context? Like with me with Fantastical, you know, for me, command option shift D opens up Fantastical. I type some natural language. I hit go, right? So I say, um, call with Dan on February 27th, 9 a.m. to 11.15 a.m. And I can type that really, really fast, especially with text expander. You know, I can select the calendar, put it in. I could do it as with OmniFocus. It's so easy for me to put objects in there. But, you know, it's like that old joke from Seinfeld. You're good at taking the reservation, but you're not good at holding the reservation. And that's really the important part of the reservation. Mm -hmm. So if you're just blindly throwing stuff on your calendar without looking at what's around that, it's going to drive you nuts. And I'll give you examples. Um, you might, you might even get good about this and say, okay, I agree to have this call with somebody a year from now, even a year from now. But you might, sure, you might think, oh, December, it might be the holidays. Maybe you're good about that. But did you also look at your day-long, week-long events? Is there a chance that there's a conference that you forgot about while you're doing that? Well, the only way to do it is to open up your calendar, go to your calendar, and find out what else is happening then. And this may not be valuable the first week you use it because you probably haven't already gotten good at writing that stuff down, but just start today, right? Calendar zero. Start making sure you put stuff on there when you say you're going to do it um, and look at it in context. What is happening the week before the week after? Oh my God, I forgot. I have to go do a talk somewhere and do a keynote and two breakouts. So do I really want to start adding things that week before that could go later because I'm going to be deep in prep? Oh, mm-hmm. plus I have to travel to another country. Do, do you follow? Yeah. So if you don't go look at that, your, your stuff in context, that compression is going to get worse and worse because what's going to happen is, is there anybody here who's not stressed out before they take a trip? Like, God love you. But I'm never not stressed out because I'm realizing, I'm always satisficing and realizing there's so many more things I could do well. I could leave a note for my daughter. If I'm stressed out and trying to get to the airport, you know what I'm not going to do is write a note to my daughter. That's totally gold plating. And yet it, it matters to me to do stupid stuff like that. Like to leave a note in her lunchbox. It's something I do most days and it makes both of us happy. But if I'm late and I'm behind and I forgot about a call and another call, I don't have time to do that. Mm -hmm. And my quality of life goes down. So that compression happens if you don't look at the stuff in context. So yes, week before, week after, especially, you know, day before, day after. Um, But, you know, then inside of the day, look at your energy levels. Like certainly, oh gosh, let's go with the obvious one, double booking. Like if you're not paying attention, you will double book. If you've got a day-long event or where some part of your attention is going to heavily go towards something, maybe, it's your, maybe you're at work and it's the day when you most commonly have meetings, but they're getting canceled or moved around. Well, be aware of that, right? Like I've talked about my idea of phone call Thursdays. Like I try to always, and it's changed now because of my schedule, but 
I would always try to say to somebody, they'd say, oh, let's have a phone call. Say, okay, are you available on uh, the Thursday after this next Thursday? And it's astonishing amount of the time people are. And so if there's, if that's open all day for calls, if I have a whole like open day, I'll schedule the first one as early as possible in the morning. Why? Because, well, if another one comes up, I can schedule it after that. And there's some economies of scale to doing that. If it moves through the day, it moves to later. That's okay. That happens a lot, right? Somebody else isn't prepared and now you got to do it later. You got to punt. But if I've jammed up that whole day to where I haven't accounted for the fact that most of my calls take 90 minutes and I want time to write notes afterward, that's really stressful. Yeah. I've had days back when I was doing a lot of speaking where I'd have four or five calls in a day and I wouldn't write down <laughs> that much about what we talked about. It's and gone. It's gone forever. It's totally gone. By the end of that second call, you will not remember the critical things. And you know what you really won't remember is the nice to haves. This is a little bit business douchey, but one way to make sure people know that you listen to them and to show that you love them is to do something like send them a link. Like if you talked about a comic, go buy them a TPP, send it to them or whatever. Like if you said you were going to send somebody a link for this video, that's a really small thing that they probably won't even remember, but it lets them know that they were listened to when you do that. And it's not just a douche thing. It's just a nice thing to do. If I told somebody I was going to send them a link for Civil War, then I should do that. They'll forgive me if I don't probably. If they don't forgive me, I probably don't want to be pals with them. But that's a nice thing to do. But if you're not allowing that, I don't know if this is, I'm making this case, no, but if no, you don't allow that time, and in my case, look at us, Dan, like if, if we don't, I get really, on a, today is my back to work day. My, the, the entire day that, between me coming here and me leaving to pick up my daughter is all back to work stuff, which is mostly stuff nobody needs to know about or care about. It takes a little more time than most people would imagine to do the stuff, write up the show notes. But like, I would never schedule a call on a Tuesday at 8 a.m. That is so sacred ground for me, 8 a.m. Pacific, because that is two hours before our normal recording time. What if, so now what? I'm going to spend the time, I'm probably already late getting here. I come in, I'm a little shagged out, it's 8 a.m., and I, and, and I got to have a call with somebody and then cut them off in time for me to go and do a half-assed job of putting all the notes and sponsor stuff together. Well, that's what I'm trying to get at, is that, is that there, if you have... It's easy enough to say, okay, I'm stressed out because I got too much stuff. Well, the part that's more challenging is to realize why that happens. And I think in most instances, it will come back to the fact that you are, yes, you are overcommitting. You're, you're not being that guy who says, let me get back to you on whether I have an hour. Let me understand why you need that hour. And is that an hour that we could do quarterly and get a lot more done? Maybe not. Maybe we need, maybe we need to do it every day. Well, if we need to do it every day, then I have to get rid of some stuff too. And I have to think about what hour every day would we do that? Or what, you know what I mean? So I think it's easy enough for all of us to realize that that's stressful. And I think it's not nearly as easy for us or simple for us to unpack what we need to do to change that. And so that's why I think like looking at the calendar and, and being honest about things like energy level, like I would never, I would never schedule a call today because it's back to work day. And I so would not schedule a call an hour before I have to be you know, pick up my daughter. Yeah. But I think people do that. Like, because, oh, this is no problem. We're gonna have a 10 minute call. Well, I just need you for 10 minutes. And the 10 minute call starts late. And the 10 minute call has a lot more throat clearing than you expected. <laughs> and then the 10 minute call goes on longer than you thought. And then the 10 minute call ends up having a task embedded in it, which it will, that you kind of need to do today. Email follow-up, send me an estimate. What dates are you available? There will always, if there's not a follow-up to your meeting or your call, you shouldn't have had it. Unless that's your direct report and you just need to go blah, blah, jerky, jerk. Like you should be having action items 
that come out of your meetings and calls. Otherwise, why bother? What changes? What are my actions? What, you know? So if you don't allow that time, then I think you're doing a pretty crap job. And I think people are very resistant to doing any of this stuff because it feels like, yes, it feels like gold plating. It feels fancy. It feels like I'm a busy person and therefore I can't do these fancy things. But I don't think you're going to be an effective busy person. If you're trying to jam 50 half-assed things into a day, I would, I would respectfully submit that you would do much better to commit to two or three good things today and then make the time and the cushions around that you know, to, to make that work. I got a little more on this, but do you want to tell me about something you like? Yeah, I sure would. It's our last sponsor, Harvest. These it's guys our last. Been, it's our third sponsor. It's our... Our, our penultimate sponsor. Penult, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Harvest, these guys have been supporters of us and, and 5 by 5 for a long time. And what they basically do is they take care of the back office tasks so that you can focus on delivering your best to your clients. That's basically their single focus. They help you with things like time tracking. You start a timer, they have... The website, you can use that. They have a desktop application. They've got iOS and Android applications. You can do this right now from your favorite project management tool like Basecamp or Trello. It's integrated with everything, and it's the most painless way for you or your team to enter and track time. They have really cool visual reports so that you can look at who's been working and who's been doing on what what, and who's been focused on these different aspects of your project. You can see that. It shows you the people. It shows you how they've been keeping track of their time. And it's really, really cool. I've been using Harvest for a very, very long time because I have folks that work with me that they're not full-time and I want to know what they're working. Are they doing iOS development? Is somebody working on the back end? Is somebody doing editing? I can look at it and then I can get these reports and I can see what they're doing and I can turn that. So instead of them having to say, oh, well, I did this and this, I can actually see the way that they've tracked their time and the Mac well, and application. You can, have, you can have a budget. You can have a budget that you're working against. Exactly. It's an extremely powerful app. So I, when I, I, I'm not using it right now for one very, I'll be totally honest. There's one specific reason I'm not using it right now. Cause the easiest way, even though you're using a couple, couple or three of these different kinds of services, like it was easier. I switched over to a different one just because it was easier to do stuff with you at that point. But I have sworn by harvest for years and I, I, I didn't use it for time tracking because I'm like a lone dude, but I, it's so great for invoicing, billing, keeping track of stuff, following up. It makes it so like stupidly simple. And, and like I say, if you need to keep track of projects, that's all in there. I've only done that a couple times, but you know what else is great? We're talking about this before the show is how wonderfully promiscuous they are about import and export. It's so easy to work with these other services like if you're coming in from different places, and again, I haven't set it up in a while, so I'm not up to date on this, but if memory serves, they make it pretty easy for you to get your stuff in and out. So you're, you don't feel stuck with them, which gives, I have so much aloha for people, for companies that make that easy to do. You know, they're not, they're not trying to cover up or keep you trapped in some lobster trap. Like they realize that their service is awesome and you'll keep using it because it's awesome. It's a beautiful website, easy to use. And their iOS app is fantastic for time tracking. Like if you need to do anything, if you're doing billable hours, like you just flip it open and hit it and it goes, you know, and, and as I, I used to do billable work at that, the job with Dave, the marketing guy, uh-huh. we used, uh, what was it called? I want to say time slips, time slips, which is, you know, at the time was the pretty standard app. If you were in like a law office or anywhere with billable hours and man, it had a timer and it was great, but man, if you screwed up, it was the worst. And like, if you were out on your own, like you had to bring your day timer with you. You had to block out all the times that you build things, what you did. And having your iOS app with you, like if you go to Starbucks, you flip it on. It just works. Anyway, I, I cannot recommend these folks highly enough. They, 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 
they have been great for me to work with, and I just think they're the best. And and do they have uh, do they have a place they'd like us to go for people to visit, Dan? Well, they don't. Uh, they don't. Is there an URL or URL for Harvest? <laughs> yeah. are, they on, are they on the internet at all? They are, you... are. They don't require that you use the uh, this URL, but it, it definitely helps us. Getharvest.com slash five by five. That's the place to go to create your trial. When the trial expires, you want to keep using Harvest. Five by five is the code to use, and you get 50% off your first month. So That's get harvest.com slash five by five and the code five by five. And our thanks to uh, Harvest for supporting five by five and back to work. What was my other point? I have one last point. We we're talking about uh, the compression, the doing too much stuff. I think that, I think that the, the time thing is interesting. Um, I'm uncomfortable always bringing up this idea of honesty because I don't think of myself as a, as a particularly honest or complete person, but you know, it's one thing to lie to the neighbors and another thing to lie to ourselves. And I, I think that's where you start to get into a lot of trouble. And what are the kinds of lies we tell ourselves? Well, uh, I'm a, I'm a person who answers their email quickly. Well, if you're not a person who answers the email quickly, what if you're a person who answers their email quickly, but doesn't answer it well? or definitively, well, then you're not really that useful to people. You know, when, when people come to me and, you know, I've mentioned this before, but people come and they say like, oh, no, I'm great at email and I'm great at multitasking. I'm always inclined to say like, have you asked around recently? Make sure your colleagues think you're great at email. Because one source of why you may not be the greatest member of the team right now is you're being dishonest with yourself. Because you think you can do 50 things. You think you can have 27 priorities. And you think you can book back-to-back meetings one day, and then block out eight hours the next day to write your novel. And so here's what it comes down to. Whatever BS you've come up with about how great you are at stuff, if you are doing it, and if you are producing work you're proud of as a result of it, then I, I have nothing to say. I can't help you. Like, I have no beef with you. You are amazing. But I can just tell you that there aren't that many people that are actually doing that all that well. And if they do, they probably have a support staff, and they're great at managing. Most of us who are working on our own are not nearly as good at this as we think we are. And when it causes stress and it causes distraction and it causes us to get jammed up with a bunch of work we never wanted to do that isn't making that much money for us, a great solution is to say, well, maybe I should get pickier about the stuff that I choose and then maybe I should schedule it and block it in a way that will let me keep getting good new work, right? So like we said before, when you're starting out, you're happy. I was happy to fill my day with working for people I didn't like for $15 an hour making, making websites. But it wasn't until I tripled my rates that I got better at it because you got away from the looky-loos. Now you got to do work that's commensurate with what you charge for sure. But spending that time being parsimonious about who you work with and then scheduling it ruthlessly will help you not only manage expectations, but do better work. It'll help you treat those people better right? If you've got a bunch of chum out there, you're just collecting with some kind of like, you know, gill net. I don't know if you can collect chum with a gill net. I think that's inaccurate. I'll look it up. Then you shouldn't be surprised that you've got chum in your net. Mm-hmm. Mm. Can we start over? Go ahead. Good week? Yeah, a big week, actually. You know what's really good is I got to tell you, Road to Civil War. Mm, I'll check it out. <sighs> Send you some uh, stands I talk, of I, talk, I talked a lot. I talked a lot, but did, uh, <sighs> so you understand now what I meant when I was joking about compression? Now Does I make do. It, does that make sense now? It does now. It's made a huge difference in my life. I, I used to be one of those people who treated their, their calendar like a $2 whore. And now I'm so slavish about, and it isn't like my calendar runs my life. The calendar lets me run my life. Mm-hmm. Subtle distinction? I think not. 
<laughs> if I don't go in and write that stuff, and I told the story before, like running into people in a bar, like a random friend of mine on the way to the restroom one night, and we said, let's have a call. And I whipped out my phone and we scheduled it right then. Again, let's go back to this every six weeks idea. If you're not, if you're not following through on these little commitments, it's going to weigh on you. So, you know, most people's reaction to not following through on those things is to either overcommit or irresponsibly commit. And, and I think those are just deadly. It's, you're introducing all this croft into your world. You know, if you can do it, that's cool. If you can schedule eight hours of calls in a day and then produce something good out of that, that is, that's, I'm not being sarcastic. That is actually great. But I would say limit the number of days where you do that. Allow follow-up time where you have to. But then also be aware of how much you're giving up when you do that. Mm -hmm. I would never schedule, I would never have a day where I just schedule a call at 1030 in the morning. Because that, in addition to being the time when I'm kind of most full of beans and wanting to do something good, it also shoots a big bullet hole right through the middle of your day. You know what I mean? Like, I always, I pretty much always try to schedule something as early in the day as I am functional. Because that way, I can add other things after that if I need to, but I don't have to stop what I'm doing for something in the middle of the day. And you'll discover your own rhythm with this when you start doing it a lot. But if you want to be less stressed out and you want to experience less of that terrible feeling of compression, then start being realistic about how long things take, how important it is to really do, whether it can be done at a different time, and then whatever you commit to, really do it. Like really write it down and really commit to it. Because that, that's, that's the, only, uh, it's the only way to be saved from the madness. This is what this show is for. It's about, it's about hiding from the madness. Mm. Helping people hide. Sometimes the void looks back at you. The best. That's what Lemon Grab says. Mm, cool. <sighs> you want to button this up? Let's button it up. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man. Man. 